Welcome, everybody, to today's episode of Yankee Chronicles Podcast on YouTube. Just remember to like, share, comment, and subscribe, and help share our channel. Also, if you could check out StatementGames.com, which is a fun, unique experience for fantasy sports. And as always, check out DocAdamsBaseball.org. Learn all of everything you need to know about the founder of baseball. So we're here um, to discuss the very exciting news. DJ and the Yankees are finally coming to an agreement. It's about damn time. We still don't know the specifics. So let, let's just, you know, enjoy that. They're finally going to be getting an announcement made later today. Donald, how are you feeling this morning? Relieved. <laughs> my, my Twitter reply was, thank God. I mean, that's all I to say. Just relieved. It's been a long offseason. Worrying about whether we're bringing him back. He's uh, – for me, he's the heart and soul of the team, and uh, I could I could wax lyrical about him all day. <laughs> I love that guy. What a what an unbelievable! He's so clutch. He's just he embodies everything that the Yankees are about. He's a winner. He works hard. He's he's tough, and uh, he represents the Yankees in the perfect way. You know, he just he does his talking on the field. Yeah. Rob, I know you're excited. <laughs> yeah, uh, just like Donald said, man, relieved because I was having my doubts when it kept dragging on. But uh, just, it's about time. Like you, how you started this off, it's about damn time. That's the best way to put it. Yep. Just we, we needed him back, and he's the anchor of the lineup. He's a leadoff hitter. He's maybe not the prototypical guy when it comes to speed, but he gets on base and he hit. He just – the way you want to have a guy at the top of the order, it's just I'm excited. It may not sound like it because I'm a little tired still, but uh, yeah, great way to wake up. <clears throat> yep. And Evan, for the first time, you are smiling. I can't remember <laughs> the last time I see you smiling on camera. <laughs> I'm elated. I've been up since 6:30 in the morning talking about this to everyone. I even called my father. He was not pleased about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that. One thing we need to look at, though, is the numbers when they come out as to what his deal is, because I think that shows why it took so long. And if you remember two years ago when we signed him the first time, it was exactly on January 14th. And the reason that one took so long is because the market was dead to players like uh, Machado and Harper. Well, this time is a little different because he was the number one free agent. But you got to look into the fact that if Springer had signed first, DJ's market would now blow up because they would see that number of how much he cost and everyone's expecting him to be a hundred million dollar player. Well, if the uh, report that just came out that the Yankees prefer um, a lower annual salary with higher, uh, more years added to it, then I think the contract's going to end up being something like six years at $108 million. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, once the announcement comes out with the length of the contract, it's going to make it a lot easier for the fans to refocus now that that, that pressure is off. And now we can figure out what we're going to do with the pitching staff because that is still a hole that needs to be filled. Um, and getting, you know, getting the deal done with DJ, you know, the Yankees said with their number one priority, that was the first main, you know, major move they did. You know, we talked about some of the minor league deals that they've made and it's, not terrible, but it, it wasn't what we wanted to hear. 
we wanted to hear that DJ is coming back to the Bronx, and he is. And it's just a very, it's a happy Friday. I mean, he's going to retire a Yankee now. Yeah. I, I believe that's the case. And, you know, a four-year contract is interesting. And I think the reason DJ didn't want a four-year deal is because he's only 32 years old. If you have to look at another deal at 36, when you've already had issues with your first two contract attempts in free agency, you don't want to do it a third time. Most players don't want to do that. That's not fun. Yeah, the third time is not always a charm. Yeah, so that sixth year, he's going to retire probably at 38 or get another bridge gap deal like Jeter got at the end of his career where he got that one two-year deal type thing. Yeah, or it might have getting, you know, what what I'm going to refer to as the Gardner treatment where it's one-year team-friendly deals, you know, and take it from there, you know, finish his career with the Yankees. But I think that, this is a deal that can have him, like you said, uh, uh, he's not going to play for another team after us. Yeah. And I think that's a win for everybody, the player, the team, and the fan base. Also, I wanted to throw something else out because I don't know if you read about this, guys, but uh, Brantley is being coveted by the Yankees very hard right now, too. They're interested on a two-year deal, possibly. See, Brantley would be, I think, uh, another strong force to the lineup. Uh, defense, you know, um, we, you know, just makes me wonder what their plan is with Frazier. Yeah, I would think that's going to be a trade. Then that's what I'm reading. Frazier has to be going on the move. Which, yep. if you're trading Frazier, you're getting because his value definitely went up after this year. So if you're trading Frazier, you're not getting a Musgrove. I'm hoping that's not the case. You're getting a, a better pitcher, at least a solid two or three option. Especially you think Frazier could be on that move for uh, Castillo? Yes. Absolutely. If you can get Castillo, if you can sign Lee and Frazier is needed to get Castillo as much as I like Clint Frazier, I'd say yeah. in one of our very early episodes, if the, if the fans want to get a really good pitcher, it's going to take a bunch of fan favorites going, or at least a couple, and yeah. Frazier's one of those guys because he's a young, controllable, solid outfielder that – a lot of teams are going to want. They can see he can hit. He's better in the field. He's matured. All that stuff goes a long way for an organization saying, we want him if we're going to give you one of our better players. All right. And bringing it back to DJ, what I'm curious about or what I'm happy about more is that this was done, even though it took a little while longer than we hoped, that there's still a a, a ways away from spring training and any bad blood, you know, any frustrations that would not built up during the negotiation process have time to iron out before games start. You know, where now, now he can go into the season with a clear head with the Yankees. They could, you know, the business part is done. Now it's time to just work. And I think that's going to benefit LeMahieu because his, you, you don't want to sign right before a spring training. And then everything being about the negotiations and not the preparations. Donald, do you agree? The Mayhew is all about work. He's all about preparation. That's why the Yankees That's why Glaber Torres is is overlooked. Joy, you see him in Twitter? So happy. I mean, <laughs> he is uh DJ is all about the hard work. So um although I wouldn't have been overly worried, I would I do agree with you the fact that if it carried on close to spring training, that might have been an issue. So, um, but DJ is all about hard work anyway. So I wouldn't have been overly worried whenever he signed because 
that's just the way he is. That's just the way he carries himself. You know, he could have he could have pouted about the fact that he signed a a two year very very undervalued deal uh, previously, but he didn't. He worked so hard that he ended up um, far exceeding everyone's wildest imaginations and and uh, being for me the MVP of the American League for the last two years running. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that's what he's all about, man. That's why uh, that's why I've been waiting every day, checking Twitter <laughs> repeatedly <laughs> to try and wait for the time that we've signed him. So, um, so I'm, I'm just it's really, really happy right now. It's just a great day for the Yankees. Yeah, and I think one of the things that helped his um, argument with negotiations with his team, with his agent, is. We had all the injuries in 2019. We had the short season in 2020. You know, players, you know, getting hurt or unfortunately having to go into, you know, there was a quarantine protocol. Um, He was that one constant in the lineup. You knew he was going to be playing. He was available. And I think that gave him more value than anybody else on the free agent market. Yeah, consistency. You know, he's open. Even if he had to miss a little bit of time, he's had a couple injuries with us. But um, when he's out there, you know what you're getting. You're getting a guy who's going to get either if it's just one single a game or a double or two, three hit game. You're getting a guy who's going to get on base. He's going to play well in the field and he's just going to go out there and work. And you know what you're getting out of him. And it's consistency every single day. And that's so valuable, especially to this team. Yeah, I, I really, I, I think this is that window where now the Yankees can really make that next push. Because now if they get that, you know, with this multi-year deal done out of the way, it's not a short two-year deal where, you know, you're looking over your shoulder to see what's going to happen next. That the Yankees can really push forward and build a solid roster especially around some of these young, the, the younger players, you know, DJ's a veteran presence. He's, you know, he's quiet. He's collected. He's very good with the media. So I think that this is something that will really, you know, the, the Yankees hit it out of the park with this. What I love about him is he's a throwback to, um, to our nineties, 90, 98, 99, 2000 team. You know what I mean? He's all about work and, uh, and also he's kind of old school the way he plays baseball. And I love that, you know, he, uh, he, he's in tune with the fundamentals. He, he knows the fundamentals inside out. You know, a lot of the modern baseball players don't do that. Yeah. You know, he, he knows exactly what to do in a big spot. That's why he's so phenomenal in the clutch. He reminds me of, of the, you know, the Jeters and the Paul O'Neills and the, the Tino Martinez, you know, he's just one of those, he's that, that kind of throwback to, to the, to that era, you know, what do you guys think? Evan, your thought? Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. I think, um, you know, the, the one thing that stands out for a player like him, uh, and they mentioned it before, was uh, his worth ethic and how professional he is. The fact that uh, he didn't complain after the two-year deal uh, the first time is a 
it's a huge thing. I mean, he, he didn't, he got a deal that was half of what he was looking for and he went out and put together back to back, almost MVP caliber seasons where he got awards for it and stuff. And yet he comes into this off season and they kind of try to do it to him again. And he's like, I'm not doing it again, guys. Like I already compromised the first time and proved why I'm worth the amount of money I'm demanding. Uh, so if it is a six-year, $108 million deal, I'm more than satisfied with that. I think um, it's nice for us to just move on uh, and have him come in and be comfortable uh, with the team that he is here. Because like we've mentioned multiple times, he doesn't complain. The first time we heard him complain was three days ago when he said it's getting it's, it's a little slow, let's go. It's the first time we've heard him complain in two years. That's that's a tremendous player. Yeah. Yeah. And- being in a New York market, you could fall so easily into the pressure of giving a negative comment or having a bad attitude about something. And he just stayed level-headed. And, you know, like Don said, he's just, he's just a professional. So, you know, this, this is a very happy day for Yankee fans and the Yankees and for LeMahieu and his family. So it, it's, it's going to be a, a very um, – Easygoing day for a lot of us. And uh, we're already feeling very relaxed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's also very good for the market. The free agent market and the trade market is about to explode because you now just got a $100 million contract off the board and the rest of the teams know, one, who they can't get, know who's still left, and they know how much money they're going to be willing to spend. So, you know, this really shapes the market, and you can really read into uh, the next several moves that are going to happen. And you saw that percolate. Yeah. The other day. I do expect the market to, to start to wake up now. I think uh, what's the big names or the big name was off the board now with Gigi LeMahieu, things will start happening for other teams. You might even see some smaller deals from the Yankees. So we'll probably be looking at Corey Kluber getting done this weekend. I don't know whether who he goes to, maybe the Yankees, the main C, but I think it might happen this weekend. We'll have to watch out for that. I got a question for you guys real quick. It's about Clint Frazier. Yeah. Uh, we've heard multiple interest uh, in other players. Brantley, Puig was the first one. Does that raise huge red flags that we probably are thinking about trading him? Because for me, it, it's not good that we keep hearing these free agent moves when we have no money. Ozuna as well. Yep, Ozuna as well. We've heard that as well, yep. I think what it is is they want to – we had said that they were going to toy around more with the, the trade market than the free agent market. Frazier just might be – after the way he he redeemed himself, his value probably is, is as high is, – is back to that plateau as it's going to be. So they might be striking while the iron's hot and making a move for a major pitcher rather than spend, you know, spend the money on a, on a bower. The problem with that, and I'm going to shoot over to Rob in a minute, is that the only pitcher available on that market for that level is Castillo. So, you know, that takes away a lot of our leverage because Cincinnati is going to sit there and go, we're the only pitcher you want. So we want Gill, we want Medina, we want Clint, and maybe they want Velope. If you look at what their roster is, they have three third basins. Their outfielders are really bad, which is why they've moved some of those third basemen to outfield. Nick Castellanos is not an outfielder to me. He's a third baseman. Yeah. He doesn't get to play there because they have those other guys playing there. 
Nick Senzel, for example, they had to move him to the outfield. So there's a lot of pieces over there that they had to move uncomfortably because of what they have. And now if they got players like Clint or Andujar, they could really shift that uh, to another line. So I just want to hear uh, Rob's take on that. Yeah. Uh, um, I was going to say that Castillo's really – he's the guy that Cashman wants to go get, young, controllable, and established pitcher. You know, sometimes he goes for the bargain bin deals. But, you know, as I said earlier, if you're going to get Castillo, Frazier has to be in that deal because they're going to want some major league ready talent. They're also going to want some big prospects. It's going to take a large haul to get this guy. And if the Yankees want him, they're going to have to pay up. And look, if we can substitute Frazier with Brantley, that's an upgrade as far as I'm concerned, as much as I like Clint Frazier. Brantley's a great player. He, he he hits, he gets on, he can hit for power, he plays a great defense, and he runs pretty well. You know, he does everything you need. Not saying Frazier can't, but right now, Brantley's the better player. And if Frazier nets you Luis Castillo, you have to do it. Yeah. And I'm a huge Clint Frazier fan. Even when the you know a lot of the fans were souring on him, I always was supporting him, and I want him to be here for a while. But I also really want to win a World Series, and you can't do that without a really good rotation. Yeah, I th- you know, we were talking, you know, we've talked multiple times about, you know, with the prospect hugging and, you know, not wanting to move or, you know, I put it, I've made the point of maybe we're just not being patient enough with, the, you know, with these arms that they might be able to produce more in 2021. But if you're going to be able to get an established starter like a Castillo, I think you strike while the iron's hot and you just, you, you, you take the hit and get, and get the solid player. Normally, yeah, I'd, normally I'd be loath to get up, give up Clint, Clint Frazier, but I agree with Rob there. If if it's Luis Castillo, and what gets it done is Clint Frazier, you make that deal. You have to, because starting pitching is far outweighs a value of a, of a left fielder. However, I am a huge Clint Frazier fan. I think uh, I I just think that his fit his face doesn't really fit with Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone. Because they're finding excuses not to play him, yep. you know, they're finding excuses not to give him the chance that he more than has earned, and that upsets me. Upsets me big time. But right. um, uh, so I'm a huge Clint Frazier fan, and I think that if we gave him that left field job this year and stopped playing around with him and stopped taking his his at bats away, um, <laughs> to Mike Ford, <laughs> and, you know, uh. I think that I think you'd have a great year, but um, if it netted us to steal, then you have to do it because uh, starting pitching, a number two starter, an ace star, that value far outweighs a left fielder value. What about a guy like Kyle Kendricks um, from the Cubs? Is, I think are the Cubs still selling? Is his name still out there on the market? I've heard him a couple times, though. I think it's died down a bit. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll we'll see. I still think the Cubs are going to be making some drastic moves, but like I said, the market really needs to start heating up, and that's going to happen once these free agents um, start coming off the board. Teams like the Cubs will now know which teams are still looking for those players they have. Yeah, you know, and that's not just to say that Castillo is the only player in that move. You know, if they're going to be giving up, you know, a Frazier with a, you know. Uh, Abreu or Gill, then they're gonna have to give us a little, you know, a little more than just Castillo back. 
Um, you know, maybe you're, you know, you're able to get a reliever, you know, or a, somebody else down their pipeline, you know, that makes it worth giving up those, those top guys. Well, I think Castile is worth that. He's a, he's an ace who would instantly be our number two. And if you look at all the trades in which we've been willing to give up those top prospects, all we've ever really gotten are those, you know, number three and four starters that we hope have the potential to break into a number two. We've never had a guy who's a sure thing. This is a 26 year old flamethrower who has pretty much never been injured. So, you know, it's one of those exciting things where, um, you look into what you're giving up. If you gave up Gil and Medina, you're basically giving up Castillo, but two or three years before they turn into that. And it's a crapshoot because you don't know if that, you know, things happen, maybe they don't turn into that. Um, so I think you have to make this move. If you get Brantley, Clint just doesn't have a spot here. And I think yeah. he's blocked in the future anyway, because we have a superstar in Jason Dominguez, who is probably definitely going to come up within the next three to four years. So if you bring in someone like Brantley on a two year gap and you look at all the other prospects we do have down there, um, you know, all it's going to do is bridge the gap for Jason. So I, I think Clint really does not have a shot here. Yeah, I think I think it's more. Like, I think you just nailed hit hit you know, hit on something. It's not so much that Brantley will push out Frazier. I I I I'm gonna double on what you said. I think Dominguez's progression is getting them to move on from Frazier. Not so much Frazier's ability or having a more established player for this year. I think in that chess game with Cashman, he's now with the progression of Dominguez, he's looking three or four years down the road saying, okay, let's not lock up Frazier long-term because we're going to need this guy, you know, a spot for him. And it also makes sense based on age alone because I know Clint's not old, but he is 26. And if you have Jason, who they keep saying might be the next Mike Trout, well, he's what? 17, 18 years old now. By the time he's 20 or 21, you're expecting him to be up here. I mean, we've seen guys like Acuna uh, and Soto do it. So I, I think if he's that good, we need to see him pretty soon. So that's why they are trying to uh, move this a little quicker. Yeah. And another thing, if you look at some of the minor moves they made, like getting Greg Allen and signing Brito, those are both outfielders. Yeah. And we already have a lot of outfielders. You can't forget we still have Talkman. You know, even though Stanton's primarily a DH, he's still an outfielder by trade. You still have Judge. And, you know, you added two more outfielders. And if they're talking about getting Brantley, that means Frazier almost guaranteed to be on the move, unless it's Hicks, which I don't see them doing because they really like Aaron Hicks. Yeah, they're huge Hicks. They, they adore Hicks. They, how much is the, the 10 year deal they gave him? <laughs> I mean, it's a good deal. I don't know why you're laughing at the deal. I think, I, I think that was a smart him, move. But, Ten million a year is is absolutely nothing. Brett Gardner has gotten more than ten million a year, yeah, which yeah. probably shouldn't. No, but. no, I said a ten year deal. Hicks got. I, that's what I yeah, ten year deal. It was like a seven year deal, but yeah. No, yeah, it was it was uh, seven years, ten million a year. Right. Okay. You know, and um, the other the other good deal that they made was when they bought out. You know, it hasn't paid off because the, uh, the Tommy John. But when they bought out Severino's contract, you know, arbitration years, giving him four years, $10 million a year. 
you know, that was a smart move by Cashman because it, it left them flexibility for for Cole, and it left them flexibility for this offseason and next offseason. Uh, question for you guys. Uh, Donald, you could go first. Do you think the Yankees get way too attached with their players and almost make it personal? Because like you guys said, they don't seem very interested in keeping Clint here when they're obsessed with someone like Hicks. No, that's yeah. That's they've always been that way. That's sweet Cashman works, operates. I mean, I think you know we've discussed Gary Sanchez every pod because he's one of those players. Yeah, you know, like you, you can't see the wood for the trees with Gary Sanchez. Um, and uh, and I'm I just don't think Frazier's face fits with the way that the the Cashman and Boone like their team. They adore Hicks and they will give Hicks every opportunity. Every opportunity. I agree. And, and they continue to do it with Brett Gardner. I mean, Brett Gardner is a good player, but I think last year should have been should be his last year. I'm not even sure really should even be signed last year, but um, he shouldn't be brought back this year. Although I'm almost sure they will try. Yes, yeah. adores Brett Gardner. I think Brantley and Brett might very well be the option that they're looking to do. <laughs> yeah, I can totally see it, yeah. and I think I think they love Talkman too. I think they'll just keep going with Talkman. I don't think they'll move Talkman either. And you know, when Brian Cashman discusses prospects, he he you know he uses the term firstborn and secondborn. I'm not going to give up my firstborn. I'm not giving up my secondborn. I mean, it's kind of like a family for him. He wouldn't even give up his second cousin at this point. Exactly. <laughs> wouldn't give up the third cousin. Yeah, third cousin once removed. No, that's family. <laughs> um, with the I, I think Cashman really, you know, he holds on to players too too much. Um, I think he tries to oversell the value, and the players underperform to what our expectations were built up to be. You know, so Cashman has no problems, you know, raising these players up. You know, all we heard was the hype with, with Garcia. You know, and not that he's failed, but we thought he was going to be coming up like, you know, the, the next, you know, he was going to come in and take over, you know, be in the Cy Young contention, you know, that he was the, he was going to be the ace of the team. And, you know. He still might be. I, I don't, I, I just don't think you know, any chance in the playoffs. I got to see it pitch beautifully last year. Yes. Yeah. Pitched much better than Schmidt did. Yeah. You know? He was he was ready to go. He, he he showed a lot more poise on the mound than than many veterans of the Yankees throughout there, like Sessa and all these stuff. Stuff you know they keep going with Sessa and things like that. Garcia more than proved himself. I think he just wasn't given the opportunity to deserve in the playoffs. You know, and then you know you brought up with Gardner. I think that I would bring him back. I would say, look, we we didn't want to bring you back. <laughs> offer, you know, offer him, you know, five million, you know, because I don't think I, I think he deserves to have an audience on his way out. You know, I, I would like to see him be able to play in front of the fans because he wasn't a terrible Yankee. He, you know, he he was another one. He was a solid player. He performed. He was there. You know, he was always ready to play. You know, he lived and breathed Yankee baseball. 
No, he, yeah. he worked so hard. I mean, he almost didn't even make his college baseball team, and he worked his ass off. And yeah. his had that well, I, I would like to see him at least get – I would like to see him go out with fans in the stands – I so agree. That's the only, and that's the only premise I have with him going getting another contract. Stop, stop, guys! Stop, guys! I've got breaking news here uh, via the Athletic. Um, Yankees nearing a six-year, ninety million deal on BJ LeMahieu. Ninety million! Wow! Wow! They fucked him. <laughs> wow! Wow! Fucked wow! wow. Holy! Holy! Holy crap! I'm so glad we're running this. This is like. Uh, this is so cool, right? Let's see this deal. This is good. Donald, this is good. <laughs> nice. All our phones are going off now. <laughs> okay, wow. sources. DJ LeMahieu and the New York Yankees are in agreement on a six-year, $90 million deal. Bring the star second baseman back to the Bronx. The source told the Athletics' Ken Rosenthal, according to multiple reports. That is a steal. Oh my I'm bad God. at math. What is that per year? Like sixteen million. Holy! Oh, wow. Hold on. Oh, that is fantastic. That is a great deal. That is a great, great deal. It's less than sixteen. It's uh four. Uh, That's fifteen. Fifteen and a half million a season. Okay. That's an absolute steal. What a steal! Wow! That, wow. that tells me that Lemayhew. The whole report about him, oh, he wants 125, he wants this much, that those were never true. Yeah. What he really wanted was the years. And it goes back to what um, Evan was saying early. He wants to be here for the rest of his career. And then after that, it could be one year deals to finish it off. Yeah, it makes him a Yankee for the rest of his life. It's not just that. This really helps us this offseason because, yeah. you know, we've been, we've been talking to death about the, uh, you know, the tax threshold. I, you know, we, we've actually got a chance now getting some players in That's on it. top let's, of the DJ deal. Because, let's bring in you know, Bauer. We'll trade for Castillo. Let, let's go all out. Let's <laughs> release the bench for him. Well, I think, I think Kluber will probably have near to $20 million probably <laughs> to, to, to spend on a starter, a couple of relievers or whatever. This is, this is big. I'm well, sorry. You know what? We've been trashing Cashman. That guy is a freaking genius. He's so good at this with the time that he does. He just gets people <laughs> waiting. He goes, no, I'm just going to sit here until you say, uh, okay, I'll give in. And that's what happened. $90 million over six years is ridiculous for a guy that was an MVP candidate. I am so excited right now because we were expecting like $20 million a season, $22 million a season. Yeah. He left us with $8 million for the rest of this year to work with. Now we have like $18 million to yeah. work with. Yeah. It's, it's great negotiations. He probably went, okay, you can have your five years, but we'll add the extra year and we'll, take, we'll lessen your salary and that'll give us a, more of a chance to build well, a World Series contender. I think that was yeah, probably – That could have definitely been part of it. Maybe they told him, hey, we're, we're trying to get – you know, Kluber's one of them who we know when he's on is a very good pitcher. You know, maybe there is some negotiations that haven't been put out there in any rumors that – like Micah Michael Brantley came out today. Maybe they're telling him, hey, we're going to be getting – we could be getting so-and-so here. So if you take a little – you know, we can build a legit contender here, not just for this season, but for the next couple of years at least. Because you have your ace, you have your star – you have your star lineup. It's The lineup is set. And if you get Brantley, that's just overkill. Yes. So, 
Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's great. I think that's exactly what they did, though. I think they worked with DJ telling – because he's a team player. We've talked about yeah. this the whole time. He cares so much about being here and winning for the Yankees. Um, so I think he told them, if you give me more years, I will work that number to a point where you guys really have the impact to bring in other players. Yeah. Um, I believe that's the case now, looking at these I numbers. Exactly how I think the negotiations went. That's a great job by Brian Cashman. Yeah. I mean – we spent a long time kind of – And you know what it is? And it went back to what we were saying the whole time. They need – Fantastic. And I thought it was going to be that fifth-year player option was going to be that offer that was a win-win. This is a better win-win. Oh, yeah. Should have went seven and gave him less year. <laughs> <laughs> this is a but great this deal. This is huge. That is great. Oh. Wow! All right, that's so, so cool that, that that this came out while I was doing. That's very cool. I was waiting for those numbers all morning, Donald. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Um, wow, the Nets got James Harden and the Yankees got DJ for a bargain. That's a that's a steal. That is an absolute. Wait, wait, wait. Are you team. happy about James Harden though? Oh, come I absolutely on. am. I absolutely am. That's an awful deal for the Nets. Oh, oh my God! God. Dude, we gave up eight picks in our two best bench players. We have no defense other than Durant now, and maybe DeAndre Jordan if he wants to act, you know, five years younger than he actually is. <laughs> Everyone's looking at you. Guys, gonna be paying that deal off for the next seven yeah. years. We're supposed to be Why happy today. Be there for yeah. Yeah. So okay, yeah. You're a Knicks fan. So anyway, DJ <laughs> um, Day. DJ Day. How many more hours until we hear that Kluber is a Yankee now? <laughs> uh, like hope five minutes. Happens. I hope so. <laughs> we're going to get Brantley, we're going to get Kluber, then we're going to trade for Castile, and this is going to be the best offseason we've ever seen. I know, yeah. even though we've spent the last month complaining about it. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's, that just goes to prove that we are the most impatient fans ever. Yeah, Evan especially. Yeah, I'll admit it. I'm one of the most impatient people on this planet. I have no time for this bullshit. Everyone should have been signed the second we lost the World Series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's stop messing around. Just get the deals done and let's move on. But, you know, and I'm usually the optimist. And I was starting to feel a little down on the, on the how the, this whole thing was going with DJ. But um, lucky for us, lucky for, for him, DJ's back in the Bronx for six more years. We get to en- enjoy watching his excellence. Um, so we're going to wrap this one up. Tune in on Sunday where we will bring it all back. We'll recap everything that we've talked about during the week. We will get back into discussion of the, sh- uh, of the possibility of shortening a season and how that could be an advantage to the players um, and why MLB just keeps putting his foot in his mouth. So we will continue that discussion. So tune in on Sunday night on our YouTube channel right here. So hit that notification bell so you'll get ex- you'll know exactly when that video goes up. So from all of us at Yankee Chronicles, enjoy the day. Enjoy DJ as a Yankee, and we will talk to you on Sunday. Have a good day.